We bid you welcome also our listeners. We bid you welcome, praying that the Lord Jesus Christ, he himself, give you his peace, no matter what today looks like, no matter what today is like, that he be with you all and with us also. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 13. Now, we were talking about the Pharisees who were trying to trap the Lord on the matter of divorce. And the Pharisees had been silenced about it, about divorce. And it brought about our Lord's in-depth teaching about the institution of marriage and divorce. And there may, may not be a definite connection between the teaching the disciples had got on divorce and earlier about little children in chapter 18. But it's interesting that the Lord speaks extensively about the little children and how the incident that had just happened had to do with children. But it is a fact that one of the evils of divorce, yes, is the effect on the children. It always influences the children, even if we don't realize it at the time. And it's possible that this all went through the Lord's mind at the time. And perhaps we can learn from this that children are all important in a divorce. J. Vernon McGee writes in Through the Bible, I quote, A woman once came to me wanting a divorce because she no longer loved her husband. And she said, because of all the things he's doing, I no longer love him. And I've heard that you say that when there is no love, there is no relationship. So I want a divorce. And it's true. When there's no love, there is no relationship, he wrote. And that's tragic, but that's not the basis for divorce. And I said to this woman, McGee writes, you tell me that you don't love your husband, but do you love your children? And she said, of course I do. But what has that to do with it? And I told her, that has everything to do with it. You are to stay with him as long as you can if you love those children. And McGee writes, my friend, that fact that our Lord said, let the children come unto me, ought to make any couple, especially Christian couple, take every effort to hold their marriage together. A large percentage of children and young folk who are in trouble with the law come from broken homes. And you would be surprised to learn the number of little ones who have turned away from Christ because of their divorced parents. And it's very significant that Jesus ties together the subject of divorce and his loving concern for children. 
Thus, McGee, and he makes a lot of sense. So now the Lord answers another question, and the question is about the relationship of children to the things of God, to the kingdom of heaven. In the earlier chapter, chapter 18, the Lord had put a child in the midst of the disciples and all who were present there and had made the statement, you find it in Matthew 18, the verses 2 through 4, and this is from the New International Version. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven or from the living Bible unless you turn to God from your sins and become as little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Let's go to our scripture, Matthew 19, <clears throat> excuse me, the verse 13. Then were there brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. We see here enough of a basis of grounds of a reasoning or justification to see that children who die in their young years the Lord receives with open arms he loves children and because of that we should remember to teach the little ones and older children about the Lord And of course, when they reach the age of accountability, the age when they are responsible for their own actions, then they must account for their own actions in what way they live their life, just like everyone else. Now, as a rule, children were brought to the elders and scribes of the synagogue for their blessing. It was a custom among the Jews, and still is, to bring children to a known and approved teacher and godly man that he might speak a blessing over them. And the laying on of hands was done to symbolize the fulfillment of that blessing on the head and life of that little one. And these little children were not brought to the Lord for healing or anything like that at that time here, they were brought to be blessed by him. And whose children they were is not mentioned, but it seems obvious that these children were brought to the Lord by believing Jews. Unbelieving Jews rejected the Lord and would hardly bring their children to him to bless them. They must have been the children of those who believed in the Lord and in bringing their little ones to him showed their faith in him that he would give them his attention and bless them. And it seems reasonable to conclude that those 
who brought the children to Jesus held the Lord in high esteem. Most likely the children were very young, young enough that they were carried as we compare this to Luke's gospel in Luke 18 verse 15 where it speaks about, he, he talks about brephos as a newborn or even an unborn child, an infant baby, a child in arms. And they brought, he writes, and they brought unto him also infants that he would touch them. And it gives the impression that the disciples already had forgotten what Matthew recorded in chapter 18. We talked about the verses 1 through 5, when the disciples had asked the Lord who the greatest was in the kingdom of heaven. And the Lord had called the little child, as we mentioned, to him. And when he'd set the little one right in the midst of all of them, and he had said, believe me, unless you get converted and become as a little child like this, you are not getting into the kingdom of heaven. But only if you just can humble yourself as this little child here. And might the Lord, by putting a child in the middle of everybody a day earlier, and his teaching on little ones have been incentive to bring the children to the Lord for a blessing so boldly yes boldly and openly how strange the reaction of the disciples they rebuked the children and those who brought the little ones to the Lord they had heard how kindly and heartwarming the Lord spoke about little children, even said that those who would humble themselves as one of these little ones would be the greatest in the kingdom. But they obviously hadn't understood him. Had the disciples in their irritated behavior perhaps acted this way so the children would not annoy the Lord? Or did they want the Lord's time only and all for themselves? And those little ones were too unimportant to take up the Lord's time? Were they a bit jealous? And probably true, the disciples most likely didn't want to be bothered with little kids. And too often we overlook the important lesson the Lord teaches us that the little ones are recognized as the subjects of his kingdom and are of essence to his kingdom, the kingdom of the heavens. There is a place for little children in the kingdom. The Lord's ardent and emphatic teaching tells us this. That's right. Let's go to verse 14. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And with the Lord speaking with so much force, it seems next to impossible that anyone could doubt the love of God for children. But still, regretful, it's done. 
Arno C. Gablin, in the Gospel of Matthew, he writes, and I quote, There is an interpretation of the gracious words of our Lord, which makes the little children types of believers. And that only such who have believed as a little child are meant. Not children, but only those who have believed, as they quote. Mark 10 verse 15 says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. But look, here's no addition, there's no extra wording given here by the Holy Spirit because it concerns the relation of actual little ones to the kingdom. And the Lord takes up these little ones and approves of the faith which had presented them, given them to him for a blessing. He puts his hands on them and declares that these little ones are part of the kingdom. Can you see how much like the Lord Jesus this is who loves to take up that which is weak and lowly? And sure, this passage is enough to let believers know that the Lord Jesus has deep, loving interest in the little ones and looks on them as belonging to his kingdom and is ready to bless them. But when then is the faith of this, from the side of the believing parents fully entering his thoughts and looking upon the little ones as in the kingdom, presenting those to himself. And Gabriel writes, Alas, how great the failure. The Lord tells us of his willingness to receive them, that they are subject of his kingdom, and faith should act upon, act upon this and put them into his loving hands. As it says in Acts 16, verse 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Faith should take hold of this gracious family promise and keep it. Of course, this doesn't say that personal faith is unnecessary from the side of the children. But in this part of scripture we see children mentioned. In Ephesians where we find God's highest and deepest revelation, children are treated as belonging to the Lord in the family that believes. Look at Ephesians 6, the verses 1 through 4. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment 
with promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and and admonition of the Lord. And this last verse means to instruct the children in the things of the Lord. That is what a father must do in a Christian family. Back to Gabelin, he writes, We have come occasionally in touch with good Christian people who declare it's wrong to teach a child to pray and who refuse to tell little ones to pray to God. As far as certain forms of prayers are concerned, he writes, we are, of course, fully agreed that a parrot-like repetition of prayers is to be avoided and harmful. But to teach the child prayer, the expression of weakness and dependence on God, as well as confidence in him, is the first lesson to be taught. And we think it a wrong when this is not done. No day should pass in the home of believers, he writes, where the word of God is not read and the knees of all not bow before him who is head over all, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if through the grace of God, the sweet instructions of Ephesians 5, the verses 22 through 32, are carried out in the Christian family, the whole will become a place of fragrance, influence, and blessing. Verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands, In everything, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. 
And for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Paul explains. And so it was when the Lord was teaching that determined parents or caretakers brought their small children to the Lord to have the Lord put his hands on them and bless them and pray for them. It probably was the same as before in the house, as is recorded in Mark 10, verse 10. It says, and in the house, his disciples asked him again of the same matter, that the disciples wanted to talk some more about it. A lot seemed to have taken seemed to have taken place inside the house when they were by themselves. Makes sense. It's not quite clear why the disciples tried to hinder these children from coming to the Lord. And they even rebuked them. Among the Jews, children were a sign of God's favor and his blessings. And children were often dedicated to God, sometimes even before they were born. And we see this in the situation of Hannah and Samuel. But still, the disciples rebuked these little ones and their parents, rather unfriendly. Maybe they were so impressed with the teaching of the Lord to themselves about divorce that any thought of children was the farthest, farthest thing from their minds. Most likely the disciples felt that this interruption or rather this imposition of the parents and caretakers on the privacy of the Lord was out of place, could be. Or maybe they thought, they thought that their Lord was too important to be bothered by parents with little kids. But instead, the Lord rebuked the disciples. Verse 14. But Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. The Lord Jesus doesn't want anybody to be interfered with or to be prevented from coming to him. And he always supports them. He had said, as recorded in Luke 18, verse 16 from the NIV, New International Version, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And Luke 18, verse 17, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it into the kingdom. The child, open and trusting his father, is closer to God than adults who want to live their life, their own way. 
and Stanley M. Horton in the Complete Biblical Library adds, English translations do not bring out how sharply Jesus rebuked the disciples, nor do they emphasize how terribly displeased he was that they would even think of turning the children away. His tender heart went out to the children. Too many people suppose that the kingdom belongs only to those who have superior wisdom and knowledge. They suppose their education, training, and attention to religious forms give them an advantage before God, but the kingdom belongs to all who have the same childlike eagerness to come to Jesus for his blessing. Matthew records that the Lord actually prayed for the children, while Mark's gospel adds that he took the children up in his arms and blessed them. In Mark 2, the verses 13 through 16, from the New International Version, says people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. It's interesting that the children instinctively recognize the love Jesus has for them and cares for them. They came to him so freely. And see this, the one who was the friend of publicans and sinners was also the friend of little children. Verse 15, and he laid his hands on them and departed thence. After explaining to his listeners that the kingdom of heaven belongs to little children, the Lord blessed the children by laying his hand on them. And just like the disciples, these young children, although some of them were not even able to really speak yet and not yet able to follow the Lord Jesus, they had the blessing of the Lord for them when they received his special attention. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. 
to recap the verses 13 through 15 from Matthew chapter 19. Then were there brought unto him little children, young children, even infants. Matthew uses the, per, the term paideia, which is a young child, young children, little children, infants, little ones, that he should put his hands on them and pray. The word says to pray for them, to offer prayer, prayer. And the disciples rebuked them. They chided them, they scolded them, they warned them. But Jesus said, suffer. Actually, he uses the word affitted, which is allow, allow the children. And do not hinder or prevent or bar from coming to me. For of the such, such as this, such as these, such a kind of little child, that's what the Lord says, is the kingdom of the heavens. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. And after he laid his hands on the little ones, he left. May God bless you.